Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Rebecca Mazzino and with me is Tara Tuttle and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to this week's show. This week we are talking about coexisting and more specifically we're talking about minimalists or people that are trying to you know head in that direction and be less cluttered and collectors and whether those two people in the same house can coexist in some kind of harmony so Mm. it's a bit it's a big topic isn't it Beck like and it's a bit it's a bit dicey (laughs) like it's a tricky one it really is yeah it's it's tricky because it's something that is definitely not easy to do it's a big thing because the amount of stuff you have does have a relatively large effect on how you feel. And so if you've got two different ways of living in the one home, it's almost guaranteed to cause anxiety or stress or conflict in some way or another if it's not well managed. A little refresh for people on what minimalism is, is it's a it's a lifestyle choice, I guess, and it's a it's a shift in the way you live from probably what these days is considered the norm. Um, it's essentially about identifying what's important in your life and eliminating the rest. Um, it's not, it doesn't have those kind of really restrictive rules like a lot of people think about only owning a specific number of things, but it does mean living qu- quite intentionally uh, and owning intentionally and acquiring things with that deep intention and then letting go of all the other things that distract you from your purpose or the things you value most. So like that is one kind of extreme end of the spectrum, isn't it? Like minimalism. Yeah. And there's obviously a lot of people that are headed in that direction but might not class themselves as minimalists as such. Yeah. Um, or are just But they're closer to minimalism on the spectrum than they are at the the other end. Yeah. And and are maybe using that minimalist lifestyle and some of those kind of key aspects as you know inspiration like I am a long long way from being a minimalist but I love the whole intentionality aspect so um Mm. yeah I guess and I guess during this chat we're talking about not just minimalists and collectors we're talking about people on that that side of the spectrum the ones that are uncluttered generally yeah, and just people who are opposite ends of the of the spectrum, really. Yeah. Um. You know, obviously hoarding disorder is a whole different thing, so we're not going to go there. Um. But we are going to be. We're talking about the opposite of that lower stuff lifestyle. So we're talking about high levels of stuff. So people who like to collect lots and lots of things, have everything around them, be prepared for every opportunity. Maybe they are um, stockpilers, you know, that kind of thing, or they are collectors. So regardless of how they, how they've got there or what, what their thing is, um, they're going to be at the opposite. We're talking about two people living in the same house that are kind of at opposite ends of the spectrum there. I guess we need to talk about some of the things that you can try to do to coexist kind of in harmony with these, I guess, essentially conflicting lifestyle choices. Mm. Um, And and the first one I would think would just be initially to just focus on yourself (laughs) and your own possessions um, and not trying to force the other person, regardless of of which end of the spectrum they're on compared to you, um, to conform to your lifestyle. 
Yeah. It doesn't work trying to make someone have the same preferences as you. Um, it's It doesn't, you can't change someone's personality. You can't change their clutter threshold, their clutter tolerance. Uh, that's something that if needs changing, they need to change themselves. You know, if you like filling up your home, you can't expect somebody else to like it the same way you do. And if you like throwing everything out, you can't expect someone else to like that the same as you do. So if you are wanting to change your environment, and this is usually the people who are trying to declutter, if they want to change their environment, focus on themselves and their stuff and don't try and necessarily have to influence um, or at, at worst force the other person to, to come along for the ride. Yeah, and look, it doesn't have to be an all-or-nothing approach. If you are trying mm. to declutter and you know that um, the person that you or people that you live with are more into collecting and holding on to things, potentially they're quite sentimental or aspirational and you might even be able to recognise their types of clutter, which would be awesome, but it's not up to you to do anything about it. So I think if you think about it, as you know shades of gray getting rid of some of your stuff is still better than nothing if you're trying to unburden yourself and become more intentional yourself and you focus on your clothes and your hobbies and your paperwork um, that's going to give you that same sense of freedom Um, you don't need to hone in on other people's and, and try and make them conform yeah and it would be nice if their stuff is <laughs> all over the place, but it's again, it's not your your job to do that. And and it's also very important you don't actually throw anyone else's stuff out as well without their permission or their buy in. So that's um not that's just going to cause even more problems. Uh, I must confess that I think there was a time, uh, well early-ish actually there's probably been multiple times where <laughs> I've said to my I was gonna say I can hear the guilt in your voice I know, you're not even I'm wanting trying to, to confess this are you this. I should have really thought about without it. making yourself look bad <laughs> without I'm trying to work out how much of this my husband even knows about truth is he won't ever listen to this podcast thankfully he doesn't yeah they our husbands don't listen so that's brilliant yeah we can talk about them um I remember early on there was a pair of like sweatpants that he owned that I completely hated and they were so (laughs) old and they were like the um uh like the parachute material but they were from a rugby (gasps) team that he um, had played in like a million years ago and so it was definitely sentimental but he they weren't just sentimental in a box that I could have coped with they were sentimental but he'd still wear them around the house I was like oh they're so vile um, so I think they they went missing for a while and it was a bit of a test to see if he wouldn't even notice if that they noticed. were missing and he never did so I think on one of the moves they must have accidentally on purpose made it to the charity shop um not that I can imagine anyone would have ever bought them but um yeah and I think there's been a few times when he's gone looking for something in the shed and been like where's that uh whatever um nail nail gun that we haven't used for 17 years but I've decided I need to use it now I decided that 10 years ago um so yeah I think there has been a few things that I can think of that I have it's so tempting though yeah and and look and there's sometimes where it's it you know you can get away with it without 
ruining the, the relationship. Um, and I, I did it recently to Mick, and I think it was about four, three or four years ago now. And um, I just, he, he has this obsession with spray and wipe. And when he cleans, he, he overdoes it. Like he'll use half of the bottle. And I have a like a chemical sensitivity to whatever is in spray and wipe. And I think Windex gets me as well. And there's a few different brands and I can't do it. I can't cope with them. They make me sick. I have like nausea, headaches for like a long time after he uses it. And because he wouldn't stop using it and he continued to bring it home. So like he'd find, cause I wouldn't, I'd refuse to buy it, but he would find like one out of an estate he was clearing that had a little bit left in the bottom. So he'd bring it home <laughs> and I'm like, just, and so one day I just went through the cupboard and I threw them all out, like all of them, I threw the whole lot out, anything that he had, anything with chemicals in it like that. I just threw them all out. And he got home and he asked where they were. And I said, oh, they're gone. And I've, I've made homemade ones now and you have to use those instead. And he kind of, like he looked at me for about three seconds and thought about whether or not he was going to object, but he decided not to. <laughs> and he went, do the homemade ones work? And I said, yes. And he went, all right. And I was like, yes. <laughs> but I did it without asking him and I got away with it, but it was a risk. <laughs> but he still wants to bring them home. And I found some Windex the other day. He's, he'd brought home some Windex. He's obsessed. And it's like he doesn't – yeah, I've let him keep it because I'm not the boss of him. But I still think it's <laughs> – you don't need Windex. Windex is un, like completely unnecessary, but it's okay. Yeah, and like I get the frustration, especially if you are on your own decluttering journey it is really tempting to pull people in around you and I know I definitely Mm. do that with the kids probably even more so than my husband was like okay well now that I've finished doing all my spaces let's look at your drawers (laughs) do yours yeah and and sometimes they're open to it and sometimes they're not but I think if you're finding yourself in that position where you you wish people would come on the journey with you but you, you know, obviously are trying to restrain yourself and not throw out other people's stuff, maybe just let your actions and the ease you now feel with your less burdened lifestyle be the example because people are much more likely to see the benefits of the way you live and how you can find what you need and, you know, they'll ask mm-hmm. you for their where their items are and that you'll be like, I don't know, I look after my stuff and I don't have so much stuff so I know where everything is. So, you know, I'm never running late because yeah. I know where to th- find things. If you were more organised, um, maybe you could – this wouldn't be an issue for you. And I think, you know, people watching how much easier life is with less stuff are more likely – to get on the journey with you at least part way yep. if they just oh, they absolutely see are. your actions rather than if you yeah. start lecturing them <laughs> like yeah yeah like i have got i've got a client who i've been working with on nds uh, through ndis and so he has a couple of uh, disabilities um psychosocial disabilities and neurodiversities and we've been just working because i'm working through ndis which for our american listeners it's kind of like insurance like it's a disability insurance paid for by the government. And so we've been working through his spaces and because of its NDIS, we haven't worked like on any anything else in the house, just his stuff and just the stuff that's related to his goals for um, for his plan. And one of the things that we sat down with with the review and I sat down and we reviewed all of the things that we'd done in the past year and we, we looked at what still needed to be done and what we wanted to achieve. And he actually 
listed a couple of outcomes that we hadn't written down as a goal, but he said the rest of the family have started decluttering all by themselves. Like they've just started doing stuff. Yeah. So he said, you know, he, got, he said my wife went through like two drawers of her filing cabinet. She has ignored them for 10 years and she went through two drawers and cleared out like a whole lot of paperwork. And he hadn't said, like we've, we'd, we'd set up a drawer for him and he had his draw all organized and we just ignored hers and then she obviously had was inspired by the change that he had made and she started to do her own and the like the son the adult son had moved like a whole lot of his um, mechanics equipment into a different part of the shed because we were doing lots of work in the shed and so yeah they just come along for the ride and you know think people are starting to put things in their homes they're starting to group they're starting to you know, ask him, you know, where can I put this? Where should I put this instead of just dumping it? So, yeah, they've just come along for the ride and he hasn't influenced them at all apart from acting on his own stuff. Yeah, and that's awesome. And I, I guess you can't, like, don't expect that because I don't hmm. want you to feel disappointed if you start decluttering and people don't join you. But if there was ever an inkling of them doing that, they're more likely to just follow your lead rather than listen to your rantings yeah or nagging doesn't work the other thing is if you start throwing out people's stuff without their um permission they're going to cling to stuff even tighter they're going to you know uh stash things things yeah because they Mm. will be worried and you know potentially then that loss of control makes that you know the stuff that they have and they're holding on to um you know they become more attached or more controlling over what Mm -hmm. they've got because of the risk of it being thrown out without their permission so yeah i think it's you just you really got to just clean up your own uh situation if that's if that's the end that you're on and that's what you're doing yeah another thing that i talk to a lot about clients who have this problem is working on the communal areas and focusing on those together because those are the areas that are the most problematic. So if you've got, if your collector has their own shed space and their own craft room or whatever, then that's, that's fine. Like if, you know, that's all well and good. But if you've got a living space where the um, person who collects or likes stuff is filling it up beyond a point at which the other person is comfortable, then that's where there's going to be a problem. Yeah. And I guess it probably starts with the discussion before it starts with actually moving mm. anything around. And so, again, if you're the, the person that would like there to be less stuff in that space, it's probably beneficial for you to talk to them about your why, why um, you would like the area to be more organised or less cluttered. Mm. Um, help them to How see. How it makes you feel. Yeah, help them yeah. to see your vision and and yeah exactly what it might feel like to have less and what that might mean for i don't know your um your mental health your uh relaxation in the evenings or your you know how quick it is to get ready in the morning whatever it's you know frustrating whatever process having the excess stuff is you know kind of aggravating Mm. have it like a calm rational discussion about it rather than just being like okay (laughs) this is what we're doing Mm. Yeah. And and if you're and if you're the the cluttery person, you know, you it's also worth explaining to the other person exactly how you feel about the whole thing. Um and 
understand that you know there are there are people who have lower clutter levels than you and the idea of reducing your clutter gives you stress but the idea of them ha- of having the clutter it stresses them and so it's finding that balance and so you know maybe if you are the cluttery person and you don't want to reduce your stuff but people are putting pressure on you it is time to have that discussion and say okay this is how I feel and this is how you feel how can we find a way for both of us to be happy in with this particular space and if you're the one who's always tidying the space I think you get a little bit more of the say (laughs) Or if you are the cluttery person, maybe you have to step up and say, all right, well, I'll be responsible for keeping this at, at, at the room at this particular standard because it is my stuff, therefore I should be the one who has to tidy it up all the time or keep moving it or dust it or whatever it is that you need to do. Um, and so, you know, talking about your different preferences and your needs uh, together and coming up with something that, you know, has you both meeting in the middle uh, is ideal. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's so hard because especially if you've been if you're on this this journey and you're learning about the types of clutter you keep and you're learning about intentionality and you're learning about you know um being really intentional with your possessions and what you give your time and your energy to that's that's you've received a whole bunch of education you've you know come a ways down the path to get to that point and to expect someone to jump straight onto that journey at the same point that you're at is really it's incredibly difficult and frustrating not just for you but for them um and so that whole meeting people where they're at is critical and then i guess you know set some some small goals for it to be you know potentially like let's try this new system of you know putting things away or okay you're responsible for the space because you have the most amount of stuff in here and and tend to leave it about or whatever it is and then go let's review it in a month and talk honestly about whether it's getting Mm. better it's getting worse and just think about progress over perfection when it comes to these kind of communal spaces Um, and hopefully you find a point that works for both of you yeah I think the important thing to remember is that neither of you should have the biggest say like it should be an equal kind of collaboration on the space. Yeah. I can imagine it would be tricky though if you're like um, oh, yeah. in a house with, you know, several people, like if it's a share house or if it's a family and one person's particularly um, cluttery and lots and the rest of the family are all quite minimal or the other way around. Like if you're outnumbered, <laughs> um, yeah. that would be tough. And then, But then I guess it's, it's having those honest and probably quite vulnerable discussions about how the stuff makes you feel um, yeah. as much as you can understand, you know, why or if not why, just how. Um, and sharing that with mm. people might help them to at least appreciate your point of view or where you're coming from. And also thinking, and this is kind of overall, but it's particularly relevant to the communal spaces, I think, um, is to just understand that there actually isn't a right or a wrong. Like your way isn't right and their way isn't wrong and vice versa. Your way isn't wrong and their way isn't right. So there's no right or wrong that's just different. And I think respecting each other's, you know, it, definitely there's a more annoying way. <laughs> the other person's way is more annoying, whichever way you're going. But um, they're not wrong. And so it's important to make sure that you you know, have the respect for their perspective as well. Yeah, and there might be 
um, underlying reasons um, why someone is particularly cluttery or why someone is, you know, um, very focused on being uh, a minimalist or whatever it is. And you just have to, you know, kind of accept that perspective as legitimate Mm. and valid and, you know, validate that during the discussions um, so that they're open, Mm. they feel, you know, open and comfortable to talk about They feel listened to. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It is important that people feel validated. It is important. You know, I've got a client at the moment and and their whole – the whole living room is full and and she just she just feels so bad because she knows it's just it's her and her mum and, and she knows that her mum is not comfortable but she can't she finds it very hard to, to declutter anything at all. You know, she has hoarding disorder. And so but the guilt like she feels really bad. And so that's another thing as well is that, you know, you might think that the other person is you know, ignoring your preferences or ignoring what you want, but maybe maybe they're also not. Maybe they're also really trying very hard and feel bad about you know whichever way they're going. So that's another thing to think about as well. And then I guess you need to work hard, and it is work to not let the stuff come between you. Um, yeah, because you know, if you let it and you let this stuff. Um, drive a wedge between you whichever side of the spectrum you're on you know potentially that you put more value on the stuff than on the relationship and you can end up you know Mm. really damaging it and is is it worth that and you know especially I always think you know like if you're trying to be more intentional if you're the person that's trying to declutter and make the spaces more you know open and airy and you know um keep what's essential what's important to you surely the things that are most important to you are your family members or your friends or whoever you you live with surely those relationships are quite critical to you so to get to the point where you're letting um staff drive you apart is is kind of crazy you know like you you don't want to lose mm. sight of actually what is the most important thing here, which is the relationship. So I think you have to put that first and the stuff needs to come second. Yep, I agree. Um, setting boundaries that you both agree on is really helpful. And this is advice I give to couples all the time is that, you know, the set a boundary that the collector will say, okay, I'm comfortable with this and that the declutterer will say okay I'm comfortable with this Um, and that allows both to have their needs met so if you've got somebody who loves to you know collect dolls then there is a boundary around the amount of space or the type of space or which spaces that doll collection can be a part of uh, and, and that that then gives both of them has both of their needs met um, and also storing them in certain ways if you uh, again you don't like clutter perhaps you'd be you're happier if the dolls are stored in closed opaque boxes that you can't see for example and then the collector is like okay I can deal with that because then they're safe from dust if they're in closed boxes as well so you know we can both agree on that so finding things that you're both comfortable with um, or if you um, want to declutter but it's really just the disorder that bothers you more than anything else perhaps the collections could be displayed in a way that aesthetically pleases um, you that want the less clutter um, and then also meets the needs of the collector who likes to have their things on display so i read an article and um, i'll attach a link to it in the show notes if you want to have a read as well about um, a guy who 
define himself as both a collector and a minimalist, which I thought was kind of a little bit mind-bending. Um, so he <laughs> was a guy that collected cards, well, like baseball cards throughout his childhood and had a huge collection. And these cards were both uh, like very sentimental because I think there was a, a some kind of connection with his father um, through the base- baseball cards and it was something that they did together. Um, but they were also quite valuable financially to him. Um, then he, so he had collected them since childhood. Then as he got older, he became a minimalist, but felt he could not part with this collection of baseball cards. Then he met another minimalist uh, and they got married and they talk in this article about how they designated one cupboard in their house um, and the underbed space to be the, the place that his collection was stored. So I think he stopped adding to them, um, but he wants to keep them because he would either like to give them to his children or potentially sell them down the track if his kids don't want them um, and and use the money for his children or whatever it is. But, um, yeah, it's, it was a nice article that that talked about how he even he is a minimalist, but not just him. His his partner is a minimalist as well. Yet they can still find a way to accommodate this collection and mm. his collection habit within their lifestyle and within their home. It can definitely be done. We had a client once that we moved, and he had he was definitely tidy. So if you walk straight into his house and it was a one bedroom flat, I guess would be a way to describe it. So it had one living area, one bedroom and a kitchen and a laundry and a bathroom. And when you walk into the living area, it looked really tidy. There was um, one couch, TV and a stereo and then a couple of cupboards. And then the bedroom had a bed and then it had like six wardrobes all the way around the wall. So every wall space was taken up with wardrobes. And then when you open those wardrobes, they were all full of LPs. And wow. he had one one tiny little hanging space and three drawers for clothes and the rest was all LPs. And then when you went into the kitchen, all the kitchen cupboards bar one had LPs in them and he had one fry pan, one saucepan. <laughs> um, he had one drawer of utensils and cutlery. And then in the laundry, again, he had like three bottles of cleaning stuff and then the rest were all LPs. He had nothing. He had no nothing else except LPs. And so he was clearly living a minimalist lifestyle. He had really been very intentional, intentional about what he was keeping and he just happened to have a really large LP collection and there were thousands and thousands of them. But he was living a minimalist lifestyle. Uh, so it's definitely definitely possible to be both a minimalist and a collector, I believe, too. Yeah, I th- I think it's fascinating, and I think I think you can definitely coexist with someone that has a different clutter tolerance to you, um, as long mm. as you find a place to meet in the middle in those areas that are communal, um, or you know, push one or two mm. of you to you know feel uncomfortable in the area. You just got to you got to have those open lines of communication and work it out, um, rather than trying to force people into your way of thinking yeah yeah and taking over taking over a space that somebody else uses um just it's not going to end well no exactly not either way (laughs) whichever way you go yeah. yeah yeah that's it okay so i'm i'm actually thinking that there's going to be a lot of people who 
can relate to a few of the things that we've talked about. And it's probably going to be a great conversation in our Facebook community group. So join us there to have a little chat about that. And we will see you all here again next week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so they too can be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at rebeccamazino.com.au and basklifecoaching.com.